0: Probably shouldn't make it in the final
1: edition. The <laughs> Welcome to Pursuing Call, a place where we explore what God is up to in our lives so that we can participate in God's mission for the world. Find out more at PursuingCall.com. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Pursuing Call with me, your host Tamara Plummer. This week we continue our conversation with Makita Penny Cook. Well, actually, Makita continues her conversation with me. And so, yeah, if you didn't listen to part one, part two will definitely not make any sense. This is kind of the part where we deep dive into my thoughts about discernment and theology and how we can participate in that process in a God-centered rather than an ego-centered space. So let's start the conversation. See you at the end.
0: My guess is, so you can correct me if I'm incorrect, but my guess mm-hmm. is this podcast that you of creating safe space, gathering community in this very unique and um, original way. Is that an accurate statement? How do you want to tease out for me? Please um, why the podcast? I, think I, can, I, didn't
1: I didn't want to get a PhD.
0: I didn't want to get a PhD.
1: But I still have questions. Ah, uh, okay. So, <laughs> I still have questions. Cause I because what I what I left with from writing my thesis was people contort themselves to fit into the system Mm. so that they pass the test and then they have to relearn what god was calling them to before they contorted themselves like they have Mm -hmm. to relearn their true self in order to Mm -hmm. actually do what god was calling them to do or else they would get spiritually destroyed Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering about the ways that we could create spaces for all kinds of people not just ordained people to mm. not have to contort themselves to do what God is calling them to do.
0: Mm.
1: And that probably required me to go like sit in a PhD room and think about these questions. <laughs> and I just don't, I really like a paycheck. So I was like, I could just do a podcast where
0: I talk to people about how they pursue their call.
1: And then this <laughs> is my research.
0: Okay, so this is your way of asking the questions without having to sit in a PhD room.
1: Yeah, and write an IRB. And
0: and, yeah, yeah, because it's a podcast. (laughs) I'm glad you connected that dots because I was like, what does a podcast have to do with getting a PhD? But you clarified that for Mm -hmm. me. And so what are your goals with the podcast? Like, what do you hope to accomplish with it?
1: Oh, I have a new thing. I don't have goals anymore. Oh.
0: Yeah. I love it because I don't love goals either. So tell me, go. So
1: I just, I, I have like intentions. I want, I okay. do, I, I have come to realize that a lot of people, particularly lay people, particularly people who are not ordained, don't often get to talk about their spirituality mm. in a way that is justified as profound. Mm. That, like, the, the answer to when you feel spiritually, um, when you love the Lord and you need to do something with your life because you love the Lord, the answer is always ordination. And that is not the answer. That is not the answer. And so I think there's a, there's a, what has been missing from the story is allowing space for people to tell their story about how much they love the Lord and don't need to be a priest to say that they love the Lord. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was one. The other part is like I think there are non-Christian people, even though I mostly interview Episcopalians, I have a lot of Episcopalian friends, um, is non-Christian people who are trying to create those same safe spaces and Mm -hmm. trying to create something that responds to a divine calling, a divine pay attention on their life. And Mm -hmm. we don't often talk about it that way. And the last piece is that I don't care about the end of the story. I really am
0: interested in the middle of the story. Mm. I love that. I love that. The messy middle where things haven't always been tied up, haven't yet gotten tied up with a pretty bow. Thank you, Makita, for helping that, helping me understand that. Go ahead. Yeah. We don't, we want the pretty bow. We think we we don't want to tell the story until we get to the pretty bow. And God, for me... The magic, the surprises, the uh, mind-blowing things, happen, the, the, the whispers that come in the messy middle, mm-hmm. the journey worthwhile. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you are creating a space for people to be able to do that. And My friend recently that story- said
1: that to me. She said, she was like, oh, I don't want to come on the podcast because I don't know what I'm going to do with this project I'm working on. I'm like, let's talk
0: about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I have so what? become the person who's like, what if you just take the steps as they come without knowing where the end result is going to take you?
1: Mm-hmm. Also, thank you, Makita. Well, because uh the f- theology of frozen, what's the
0: next exactly. best thing? What's the next best thing? Right? What's the next right step? Um, mm-hmm. and yet we are so conditioned for you gotta have a goal, you gotta know where you're going, you gotta, 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 gotta. And I'm like, okay. And and what would happen? If we just gave ourselves permission to take the steps as they reveal themselves without knowing exactly where it's going to take us, but trusting that it is all rigged in our favor, that the universe is conspiring on our behalf, and where we might land just might be a better, more majestic, more soul-nourishing space than we could have imagined.
1: Because sometimes we can't even imagine, like, the part about affirmation... Is that you have to actually have the capacity to imagine. Mm-hmm. And like, like when my friends are like, Tamara, you just gotta will it into existence that you're gonna be married. And I'm like, but is marriage like like as much as I want that partnership, that lifelong partnership, maybe the actual thing that I get, maybe what actually God wants for me for my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is like even more amazing than what I imagine. Exactly. And so if, if we can will, will our lives into existence by imagining it, what if my imagination is so freaking limited? And right. so if I just right. open myself to the spirit, then I will get what I desire, even though I don't actually know that I desired
0: that thing. Exactly. Psalms 37, God will give us the desires of our hearts and he will give the desire, not just some specific outcome that we want.
1: Right. Yes.
0: Yes, yeah. Because my good.
1: desire is deep connection with another person.
0: Right. I and don't... that can manifest in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, would yeah. I like it to involve a consistent male presence in my house who can change the light bulbs for me? Yes, I would. Yeah. I would like a cuddle buddy.
0: And
1: yeah. it might manifest in some other way that I can't
0: even Yeah. yeah. imagine. Yes. Yeah exactly and when we serve a God who created the universe out of nothing Mm -hmm. out of nothing right um then the possibilities are endless and I feel like I should not limit the divine to what I can imagine Mm -hmm. and instead trust yeah I love that you are doing that and giving people permission to talk about their stories before it is over allows others to find the courage to hold that messy middle and the uncertainty of the messy middle.
1: Yeah. So because good. so much of our self-help work is about like, and then you set your dream and you just manifest and like, right? Huh? every time I have set a dream, literally every fucking time, I try to manifest. Uh-huh. Every
0: time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It uh-huh. blows
1: up in my uh-huh. face.
0: Uh uh-huh yes I can relate I can relate and every time I'm like you
1: know what take the wheel Jesus because I don't know what you're doing I don't know what's going Uh on I'm like oh I have this new job that I didn't know I wanted I have oh I got this apartment that I didn't even know I like like I might ask for what I want but I don't I didn't manifest it necessarily
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I love what I love about what you're saying is That when you say, Jesus, take the wheel, it gives you the opportunity to be delighted by the unexpected ways in which God Mm. shows up, in which the divine shows up, Mm. right? And I think that delight and awe and wonder is missing in big chunks of the expressions of Christianity and the expressions of our faith, even inside of the Episcopal Church, who love the gray Mm -hmm. and who love awe and wonder. Mm -hmm. I think we've dropped so much into certainty and wanting to decide exactly what's going to happen. So I'm going to manifest and I'm going to pray and I'm going to have faith and I'm going to, I'm going to believe, right. Mm -hmm. And believe is my word for this year. Um, And still, I think what you have just named around what's possible, what becomes possible when you relinquish control and just trust that the divine is in fact conspiring for you. Mm -hmm. So lovely. So lovely and powerful.
1: And it is really hard to let go of that Mm. control.
0: Oh, I've
1: been been on sabbatical for like almost two months at this point. Uh Uh-huh. Plus my vacation time between Christmas. So like two months of not having to do anything except go to Spanish class. That was the only thing I had to do. Yeah. I have felt so guilty and also Mm. like doing nothing is really great yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for the past two weeks my friend's are like are you back in new york let's hang out and i'm like but i get to wake up in the morning and not have to do anything
0: right
1: yes <laughs> i okay. only have to make
0: food maybe <laughs> making food is optional even yeah um so tell me tamara what are you learning from these conversations that you're having with people you said you've had 13 episodes so far yeah so I did not even know 14, 14, 14
1: something like that 14
0: something like that more than a dozen so more what than have you a learned dozen from over a so. dozen conversations that you've held okay. space for
1: I don't know all the things I've learned but here's what I'm thinking about a lot recently one is what is your theological base what I've mm. learned from everybody is you got to have a place to return to because other people will try to dictate to you what you are supposed to do with your life. Yeah. And sometimes those people are speaking a divine presence and sometimes those people are speaking to your ego. And sometimes those people Mm. don't know you at all. Mm -hmm. And so if you are not clear about your theological base, if you are not clear about, about what do you always go back to, then you will become very confused about what is happening in your life. Um, and confusion from too many voices is like mm-hmm. uh, is it is a real act of violence I think sometimes um mm. and then the second thing is quiet stillness and silence so like what are the rituals that one keeps so that they don't have to he- hear all the noises mm-hmm. you know that concept of like um the reason we dream is to work out information from our day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, it's a necessary part of our our capacity to live as humans. Um, and our survival is is having rest to be able to work out stuff, mm-hmm. and like being really intentional about rest. Being, mm-hmm. and my friend just introduced me to the nap ministry on Instagram. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs> just-
1: just love it. I love it yes. so much. Yes. <laughs> Just being intentional. And it's not because you're being lazy or, you know, it's good to sleep or health benefit. Like, I don't, none of that. That you actually have to have space where your brain isn't working and you're not doing mm-hmm. things for mm-hmm. your brain to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that people talk a lot about is... who oh, I want to the the connective tissue that's like mm-hmm. who raised you up so as much as I say don't mm-hmm. listen to all the voices when you find the two or three people who actually mm-hmm. know you and hear you that mm-hmm. you hold tight to those people and have mm-hmm. them be your community of accountability at the end of the day mm-hmm. like
0: mm-hmm. who's
1: your clan that, that helps you there's your peer clan that you're learning together your classmates But there's also the sages, the aunties, the grandmas that Mm -hmm. help you live into your best version Mm -hmm. of whatever God is calling you into. And so, how do you allow space to create relationships with those people and honor and celebrate those people? Because they also are part of kind of that base you get to go back to when you're, when all is, when all is lost. Yeah. And the last one is know the difference between the game that you we do have to play games sometimes. Uh-huh. And your reality call. Like uh-huh. don't don't lose the rea- the real because uh-huh. you're gonna, that playing that game will get you fucked up. Uh-huh. Right? Like, you will not be yeah, a happy for sure. camper when you get to for the sure. other side.
0: It, it's um knowing your truth. So that you might figure out how the game can support that mm-hmm. rather than losing your truth to the games.
1: Mm-hmm. That, yeah. what you said. <laughs> because I've heard way too many stories of people particularly in the ordination process
0: mm-hmm.
1: who get to the other side and realized oh I don't want to do this job at all. Mm. And I could have told you I'll just, if any people in the ordination track want me to tell them if they should get ordained or not, I can just tell you. Because, like, I could listen to your story and just tell you, you just need to go to therapy and work out your Jesus issues. (laughs) That's what you need.
0: Okay, well, if you don't get an opportunity to hear the story of every single person who is on an ordination track, what insight, what lessons, what or cues might they be listening for to know and really be able to figure out what's the voices what's my truth what's the game like what is some insight that you might have for people short of coming to you and telling you their story and letting you Mm -hmm. what they should do
1: one if you haven't gone to therapy and worked on your trauma Mm -hmm. you don't get to get or you don't you should not get ordained because mm-hmm. your congregation is not a place to work out it's your trauma. Mm. If your story for ordination starts in trauma, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like please tell me that you have worked through that trauma mm-hmm. before you even mm-hmm. thought about actually getting ordained. <laughs> so I know a couple people who like, oh, I was worked this disaster and I saw how my if you if the first thing is how my actions or how mm-hmm. I did or how, because a lot of ordination processes ask you to talk about what you did mm-hmm. <laughs> and how you caused a thing to happen. Like wrong. No. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If your story is not about how, how you recognize God's, use of you as a tool (laughs) or like how God was moving through other people if you can't see the world as like what is the divine doing in this space and you think it's about you or your friend or whatever or the church the institution y'all need to get ordained Uh just walk away if you don't like talking to old people for two to three hours (laughs) You don't need to get ordained. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what this church is. So if you're yeah. sitting in the house of old grandmas and have tea with them for three hours and they're like, why'd you stay such a short amount of time? And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I was here for three hours. But you don't still get, like, you might be annoyed, but you don't see the gift in that. Like, right. I don't, I don't, maybe you could get ordained, but I don't know that you should.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, mostly the the big one for me is people who put themselves in the center of the story.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. And what's interesting about that, right? So um, is the way, how subtly we can move from God is working through me, mm-hmm. God is using me to it's about me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the ways in which we can use languaging to make it sound like we're still saying God is working to, through me when it really is just about me having center stage me centering myself me making myself what the most important factor mm-hmm. and ancillarily kind of on the side talking about God bringing in God but it's more to weaponize the name of God than it is to actually be a to recognize your place in the divine order and divine story and the the creation of all the things right we work in co- we co-create with the divine mm-hmm. but the divine is still in charge right it, um, yeah at the end so of the day it's God's at God's the end world. exactly and we just living in it for uh, like actual truth right this is like mm-hmm. it's God's world and if that's our starting point, then, but it's a, it's a slippery slope to move from God is working through me to making ourselves the center of story and using language to manipulate people into thinking you are humble enough and really using, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because words, words are powerful and they matter and how we use them matters. Um, And you spoke earlier of the, people that you knew across the country who have been harmed by church mm-hmm. um, and wounded by the church. And much of that wounding has been done in the name of God.
1: Mm-hmm. And so,
0: and I think for those who haven't worked through their trauma and, and are centering themselves in the story, that's where the harm happens. And what I hear you encouraging those who might be on the ordination track is to remember their hearts and what they are, the truth that they feel called to and what is real for them and to not lose sight of that in the face of receiving power and accolades and all the things that can cloud our ability to remember whose we are.
1: Because at the end of the day, priesthood is still a job. Mm -hmm. It's not who you are. It is a vocation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is who you are, right? Like there's a, Mm -hmm. it's like a weird blurred line thing. But at the end of the day, it's a vocation. And so you have to be spiritually. Like what I think actually happened to me in my ordination process was I still think I'm spiritually called to priesthood. Mm -hmm. I may not be vocationally called to that ministry. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. That's good. That's kind of where I landed in thesis. I was like, the job description does not work for me do I think I can still create spaces where people can engage in rituals that are about welcoming people in their fullest extent of themselves to these rituals? I do it all the time. Yeah. And then I invite my priest friends to do the magic hand part. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do I miss not being able to do that magic hand part? Yeah. But, like the rest of the job description, I'm, I'm good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is a deeper conversation, right? We could say, we've already been talking. for Yeah. A sorry. I I, no, no apologies. You yeah. Um, I definitely want to tug that thread though. Not now, another mm-hmm. time in another conversation mm-hmm. around this whole concept of priesthood ordination, what it means, why it matters. What is it? Like what's its benefit? What's its what's the intent behind it? I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, we, we mentioned I've mentioned it when I did my interview with you that I was people kept telling me I should become a priest, and I was like, no, right, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. Um, and still feel like a guide in many ways. So yeah, it's a conversation, much like you said, right? Like you don't feel called to the vocation but the doing of the thing still very much embedded into the essence of how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Other I mean, you what, just
0: continue to live it out.
1: The quick answer is that I think actually we need to increase who we ordain and that mm-hmm. priesthood become not a thing. Like, or if it's not ordination, we need to figure out how we ritualistically honor leaders in our communities who create spaces of welcome and ritual. And I don't know what that's called. Right. But I think they're I think having people who have regular, regular jobs. I think it's called baptism, is what that ritual is called. But you know, for people who need more. Yeah. <laughs> like that um people have their regular, regular jobs, their everyday whatever they do in the world, it's amazing and awesome. But they understand and have had the formation space to like really dig deep to heal their spiritual trauma to mm-hmm. understand what god is and how to like pray with people how to be present to people like i just think more people need that part of the training that part of seminary yeah. training i think everybody should get yeah mm. but like yeah but there's more to talk about vocation and versus call because that's yeah hard.
0: That is hard. That might be a panel discussion that we That's have. That's a panel discussion. A, a, we have a panel discussion about vocation versus calling. what that means that pull in all the peoples, right? Um, you have a wide selection of people to choose from for that particular panel discussion. Um, I think it could be a rich conversation, not with a goal in mind, but just to hear perspectives and different mm-hmm. ways of thinking and imagining and I think a lot about our creative ability as humans created in the image of the divine, that we are, we've been, the breath of God lives inside of us. Therefore, we have the capacity to imagine that which has not existed before, Mm -hmm. right? Our world is a picture of that, right? So if as believers, as followers of Christ, as the body of Christ, what would that look like for us to imagine a new way of living out the great commandment to go and make disciples mm-hmm. and what kind of disciples are we making and what does that mean? And do they have to be inside of a church building and can we imagine a new way? Um, and I think that we can. And I think maybe the times that we're living in, are in is inviting that as more and more people are walking away not just from mainline denominations, but Mm -mm. from evangelical churches and Mm -hmm. from all these other organized religious spaces, people Mm -hmm. are walking away from them because they're no longer meeting what their souls are asking for, even if they don't know how to articulate that, right? Um, But the kinds of spaces that you are thinking about, the kind of spaces that you are imagining what did you say earlier i want to create spaces where people's souls can be nurtured even if they don't know that their souls are being nurtured right mm-hmm. so the kinds of spaces that you're imagining might be have the potential to feed that part of people's souls that they don't even realize they have and they can't articulate but it's that piece of them that is not being met in organized religion however whatever lens of that you're looking and I'm not just referring to Christianity because people are walking away from all of the Jewish, the yeah. faith, like they're walking And away they're not from all stopping
1: their rituals. Like they're not stopping no. praying. They're not stopping. And they still love God, <laughs> yeah. right?
0: And they still love their connection to the divine and they still love all of those rituals. But how those things are being um, corporatized, that's not a word, mm-hmm. but I make up words all the time, is yeah. no longer, it's not appealing to people anymore. No. And so- and to your point of earlier when you said our minds have to quite, like we need space for our brains to, for us to do nothing. So our brains can figure things out. Like we have to stop in order to get there. And I think this imagining that's before us, this opportunity that's before us to imagine a new way is going to require us to stop moving. And yeah. sadly, we live in a world that's just continues to be on the move, even while we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Right. Right. Like even
1: that when God said, gave us a divine shut the fuck up and sit down right we were like ah, nah, we're good
0: right right you
1: can't stop me i'm gonna this is gonna be harmful if i stop and sit down somewhere
0: like okay the number of people who take the sabbath right so our sabbath is meant to be sunday right but people are working all the time and you're doing it for God and you're sacrificing for God and all the four gods in the world. And I'm like, pretty sure God'd be okay if they were sitting on a bench in a park somewhere, mm-hmm. just in nature with
1: them. Yeah, the, the, so, yes, the, well, for, for, so one of the best parts of uh, seminary we had to do, we had to go to different um, religious, it was an religions class and yeah. we had to go to different worshiping communities and so one of them was I ended up going to the we had to we had to also practice something from that religion. So, um, like we, when we did Islam, we prayed five times a day. When, in whatever way we wanted to modify it, so it worked for us.
0: Um, yeah.
1: But uh, I went the Sabbath. I did do. I actually broke up with a dude the weekend I did the Sabbath one. <laughs> Because I realized that I didn't want to break bread with him that night. And I was like, yeah. you just like don't know how to just sit here and break bread with me in the silence in a way that makes me feel good. And so it's really sad we're going to break up this weekend. But it was different story. Yeah. But the Sabbath thing, like literally no TV, mm-hmm. no electronics, mm-hmm. gather with family or community, mm-hmm. have a great meal, and then nothing. <laughs> right, right. Except go, go say prayers in the morning. Right. right. And then I did take a cab there. But um, so then I just like walked afterward. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, <clears throat> this is kind of great. Like, yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Just turn your phone off for four hours. Mm in the mm-hmm. morning great yeah like, so good
0: so good yep
1: so that would be my my homework would be what if you turn your phone off for four hours mm. or longer
0: or longer Just turn it <laughs> off for a whole day
1: mm-hmm.
0: that might be asking too much of people so we'll start with four hours mm-hmm. we underestimate the gift of rest yeah. You underestimate the gift of doing nothing, of having nothing planned. Not that you don't do anything if you have it planned, if you want right. to, but nothing that is scheduled in your day. You
1: and no marks of, of achievement.
0: Right. Nothing that's like, oh, look at me, how amazing I am. And mm-hmm. instead, just be, just be. I think we're craving it. I think our souls are craving it as a, as a race, as a race of humans. Mm-hmm. Um, this is good. All right, Mr. Mayor, we've okay. been talking for a long yeah, time. I exactly. split this bad way up too. I don't know how you're gonna work it. it. it's gonna be before great. Before I let you go, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you a thread I didn't tug that no. you wanted to tug on that you wanted to share more about? You,
1: you can tell me, can you tell me all the threads that you were thinking about that you haven't tugged? Uh, well We I won't tug I, them,
0: I, but thank Right. I no, I think I've tugged, I really want to hear more. About this vision of creating safe spaces and community. And we maybe can't be in person together. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that, not because mm-hmm. of a pandemic, but because like one of my ride and dies live in California. Another person who's like a real part, mm-hmm. been a big part of my spirituality over these last few years is in Colorado. And mm-hmm. these are people that I want to be with. So, what does that look like to imagine being in spaces that? It isn't like a Zoom space, but like a different sort of sacred space, mm-hmm. you know? So I'd, I'd love to hear more about how we can create community and safe spaces for people. And this idea that that becomes an expression of our faith, that's probably the thing that I'll be chewing on from this conversation. Yeah, you let me know,
1: because um, if you come up yeah. with an answer, I would love to know what it is. <laughs> um,
0: and then I definitely am liking this idea of having a bigger conversation around calling versus ordination versus, you know, what do we mean by the phrase priesthood? What do we mean mm-hmm. by that? You know, like, I just think there's a lot of richness to be had in that conversation. Um, and I like where your head's at with it. Um, and I have thoughts around it, but this wasn't about my voice, this was about your voice. Um, so Those are probably the two biggest threads that I'm like, there's more there. Um, and we just ain't got time to no. get into that, but yeah. <laughs> Tamara, thanks for giving me the opportunity to interview you. I have enjoyed getting to hear more of your story and more of this journey. And I hope everyone um, who has tuned in um, feels inspired and has had some places where they might drop into some reflection for themselves and really calling us back to that very first question I asked you around how do you define calling and thinking about what that means for their individual lives. I just hope that that would be a place where people might begin a reflection from this conversation because you've unpacked a lot. And so thank you for all that you shared. Thank you so much for being
1: here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I love Makita.
0: I love you. (laughs) Have a beautiful
1: blessed day, my dear.
0: You too, my love. Take care.
1: Well, if you don't have a Makita in your life, then you need to get one. Um, And so I am first going to thank Makita for taking the time to actually talk to me and hang out with me and ask me deep and probing questions. I think that is a helpful practice for anyone who is discerning what the next steps are. Find a good friend who can ask you deep and probing questions. But also that challenge that Makita and I ended on, maybe find an hour or 30 minutes or 15 minutes when your phone is off, everything is off and you sit silently somewhere with minimal distraction and don't try to accomplish anything. And then maybe you can keep adding on time until you get to that 24 hour mark like our um, brothers and sisters that Practice a Sabbath and keep it holy. Um, If you go to pursuingcall.com, I just wrote a daily practice option for folks to start to think about their theological base. And I think in these times of uncertainty, figuring out what we can return to, what is true, what is solid... And, and finding safety and wholeness in that is really the only way we are going to get through what feels like terror um, and also beauty and wonder. Holding those two can be really hard. And so I am praying for everyone who's going through it. I'm praying for everyone who's not going through it. And for all of you who have some overflow of energy to provide to others, do that today. And for those of you who have nothing left to give, give a little bit to yourself. I love you all. Talk to you on the flip side. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Pursuing Call. I can't wait to hear about how you are exploring God's voice so that you can participate in God's mission and dream for our world. Send your email and comments to Tamara at PursuingCall.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at P-U-R-S-U-I-N-G-C-A-L-L. You can also visit pursuing.call.com to learn more about what I'm exploring and envisioning and thinking about. Thank you so much and have a wonderful and beautiful day. Go in peace to love and serve.